Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin. It is I, Jeff Jawaskin, host of Classic Conversations, and your guide through this bonus episode of Crossing the Streams. What is Crossing the Streams? Crossing the Streams is where we answer the universal question, what should I be binging next? I just finished something, and now I gotta watch something else. What should I do? We have come to the right place. We got your back. Right now on our YouTube channel, we have over 95 hours of streaming TV binge watching suggestions just waiting for you. Don't have 95 hours? Well, you are in luck because this bonus episode is going to beam three segments from various live shows right into your ears from episode 55, 94, and 95. You can join us live every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. We love our fans to join in on the conversation. Today, we're going to discuss the holiday calendar. Sal's back with his rom-com andor and primal it's a great show so let's get going up first primal with zach wiseman regular guest to the show take it away zach let's talk about primal this is zach the return of zach wiseman yeah i'm excited to hear about this one i've thought about watching this oh really psyched to hear your review yeah, I can tell you, you're going to want to watch it as soon as you get done this thing. When I know I'm going to come on this show, I never really know what I'm going to talk about. So I usually watch a whole bunch of things anyway. I watch everything that's on Netflix every single day. I watch everything always. And I realized that recently is to the point where writing is so bad in most movies. You don't really have to watch them. You can just kind of listen to them and you understand what's going on. But a lot of people, when they see and hear all the stupid stuff I watch all the time, they end up asking me, what do you watch that you like? Or what do you watch when you just want to kind of just focus on something? And the thing is, I grew up watching cartoons. I grew up watching Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack. And the thing that they all have in common is they're all created by the same person. They're all created by, you know, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, which is one of the most beautiful visionaries when it comes to visual effects uh, and everything. He's also done the Hotel Transylvanias, uh, which, you know, are some good, some not too good. But the thing is, you can always tell the art. Now, he has been working on a passion project for years. And a lot of people, a lot of companies did not want to invest in it because of what the material was. But in 2019, finally on Cartoon Network, now you can find on HBO Max, is primal primal is one of the most engaging and beautiful things that i've seen and i keep watching it over and over because there's no dialogue in this movie there's no english there's no subtitles people don't talk because what this movie is about is about a caveman and this caveman had a family and as he's out providing for his family one day he comes back and these dinosaurs have eaten his family so now he's full of rage, right? And his name is Spear because all he has is a spear. And he goes to kill these dinosaurs. These dinosaurs just killed his entire family until a bigger dinosaur comes. And it kills that dinosaur's family. Now, this dinosaur is alone and it has one tooth. His name's Fang. Now, Spear and Fang inadvertently become the bestest of friends and probably the closest family members that you can find. Now, you don't need to understand what they're saying because the point of the show is that they don't understand what they're saying. They can't communicate well and they're just trying to understand what it's like to become family with something that you kind of hate, 
which I think is what family is about anyway, uh, and how to provide for people when you don't really know what they want, which is once again, what it's like having a baby. I don't know what this thing wants. I don't speak its language. It doesn't understand me, but I got to keep it alive. I got to make sure this thing does not get eaten. I got to make sure food comes in its mouth. So season one is split up in two different uh, uh, sets. Uh, you know, there's, there's part one and part two. Each of them are five episodes long. Each episode is about 20, 25 minutes. So they're not a lot to take in. You know, it's a lot, not a lot of time consuming just to take the whole thing down. It got quickly picked up for a second season. This thing has been nominated for nine total awards and has won seven of those nine, including five primetime Emmys for great storytelling, visual arts, etc. Most of the story just revolves around this caveman who's full of anger and sadness because his family's gone. Everything he sees reminds him of his family. And the only thing he has left is the thing that killed his family. So it's one of the most powerful storytelling devices. It's something that while I'm right, while I'm watching anything on Netflix, whether I'm writing a Netflix metrics in case I have to do that here, or I'm watching dark again to write stuff. Most of the time, I can just let it wash over me. I understand what, I, what I'm getting. Primal is something I cannot do anything else while I'm watching. I can't look at my phone. I can't even talk to my own kid while it's on. She comes in the room. She's 24 years old. And without understanding what I'm doing or anything, she'll just sit down and immediately is sucked into the story because all that's in here is heart and the most amazingly constructed violence. A lot of violence is done for you know gore purposes or shock value. There is something so beautiful about the violence that is in this movie and the blood and gore because it all means something it is from passionate places uh it is you know 20 episodes in total you're looking at probably i don't know four hours which is how i spent most of my days in front of tv anyway but this thing will sit in your soul for some reason there's something so beautiful and just so like just emotional and capturing about it uh like i said it's on hbo max you can you can grab it in i suggest watching the first three episodes and just seeing how you feel because it will make you tear up and the fact that there's no words is just so gorgeous because that's the best storytelling show don't tell that's what i say wow yeah wow that sounded so great. Practice that. I mean, that was such yeah, an amazing oh, delivery with so much heart that we keep bringing up here tonight. And man, that was just phenomenal. Yeah, I actually came in here to, to, wanting to talk about dark, but it turned out that you guys have already spoke about that before. So I quickly switched to something that I am passionate about, something that I know a lot about, and uh, Primal is stunning. Wow! Wow, those are big words, and I'm a little scared myself because. I grew up during Clan of the Cave Bear. You guys remember that? Yep. Of course. Yep. I, I hated that movie, man. That movie freaked me out. I hated it. I hated yeah. it. It just was. It's not like that, right? It's not like that. No, 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 no. It's it's not. It's not that kind of violent. Uh, it it's it's a beautiful and emotional kind of violence that sometimes you need to protect your family. You need to get gritty sometimes. You need to get your knuckles bloody to make sure that your daughter can eat. You know, or or your dinosaur named fang can eat so uh no it's 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 well done i'll wow. tell you thing i'm gonna give it a shot but look no guarantees because i don't like cute no it ain't cute it's just cute i don't like it you know what i mean like all wrapped oh, there, perfectly. there is nothing cute about this trust me no. uh yeah from from minute one you're like wow what's about to happen to this family and then it happens and you're like oh that's way worse than i thought What's this guy going to do? It's like, oh, that's way worse than I thought. Oh, no. Now I'm sad for two episodes. But now they love each Amazing. other. Amazing. No, yeah. We're, we're well done. It, it is so, not. It's not. Don't, don't be fooled by the fact it's animated. All right. Yeah, All right. Yeah, Big yeah, words. No. I'm psyched to see this. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Now nah, bring it. Well, and if it does upset you, just 
Turn on Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> no, if it upsets me, I'm going to call you. I'm going to mm-hmm. complain. I'm going to text you. I'm going to write mm-hmm. on all your social media. Yeah. And you're all in a lot of trouble. No, I need that. And uh, I, I would love to engage in those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was Primal from episode 94. Zach Wiseman. Up next, Gerard Glassman. He was one of the original OG guests on Crossing the Streams, making his return, talking to us all about Andor. Gerard is the host of Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out that podcast later. In the meantime, here's Andor. So Andor, this is the latest Disney+. Plus. We're 10 episodes in as we record this. Just want to let everybody know. I'm just going to say right now, if you get a chance, I, I understand Star Wars has been very sketchy the past decade plus, seemingly going back to the prequels per se. This is some of the best Star Wars that has been made in, in, since you know the three movies. I think The Mandalorian Season 2 was a big hit. But this also, this this first season of Andor, I think has been really, really, really strong because it's more character driven. It's not more place or battle driven. It's more character driven. And I think it's been for the benefit. I know if you're aficionado of Star Wars, you know that the, the lead character, Cassian Andor, ultimately dies in Rogue One. So this is a prequel setting it up the events for what he would go through in Rogue One. but. This also deals with the formation of the, uh, I guess, the the different parts of the rebellion coming together and also the different parts of the empire gaining hold and gaining strength as far as behind the scenes as well. So those things are intriguing, but it's the compelling characters, not only Diego Luna, but also as well Stellan Skarsgård, who is really, really great with his character that is trying to build a rebellion and tie into all these groups all together and get them to work with each other behind the scenes. He is doing a tremendous job in the series. And then there's a surprise guest appearance for three episodes, four episodes, almost, I think, yeah, three episodes. I I don't want to say do, because you said, Mike, you don't want any spoilers, but uh, I don't know if you said you've not read anything up on it, but there is a very familiar face who, you know, usually behind the scenes that does a lot of outstanding voice actor work is one of the premier voice actors that's out there today. Also a director as well. He's done some live action work over the years. This is by far and away his best live action work ever. And I can't say again who it is, but if you've seen the episode or seen stories, you know who it is. He has just been tremendous in this. It's Emmy worthy. To me, it's Emmy worthy and has really made this show go in a great direction. Again, it's for a show that doesn't give you those week by week chills and thrills and spills and galactic star fights or anything like that. This has been something much different and actually has been much better for it. And like I said, it's very character driven. And if you're into that, it is well worth your watch. I'm into that. I like characters. <laughs> but I, again, this was a departure from, because, you know, Star Wars, they always got to put an explosion here, a battle the, <laughs> uh, against the Empire there and all that. This was a departure. This is more of an adult-oriented, focused series. And I think that uh, it's different, and I like it for that fact. So it's a series more than it's not a movie. It's a series. Yeah, it's a series. I have a feeling that if all goes well, because it's been very highly acclaimed that it might want to go ahead for a season two. But right now it's 12 episodes. And, and again, if I've, there's 10 out there so far. And it and for the most part, a couple filler episodes. But outside of that, it's been really strong stuff. Yeah, they got a hard stop at Rogue One. I saw a funny meme <laughs> that says George Lucas 
hired to direct sequel to Rogue One. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like Rogue One is one of my favorite movies outside of the original trilogy. And that seems to be the most the the consensus. So that's why I think it's it's really widely been been acclaimed is because they appreciate that character from where he went to with Rogue One because oh it's not from Rise of Skywalker and that trash. Okay, uh, yeah, this is okay. I can watch this. I like the um I think they never should have gone backwards. I always have an issue with like prequels in prequels. general. Oh, I call them yeah. home movie movies. And, and I that... agree with you, but that's all they know right now. They're they're not mm-hmm. building upon it too much. All they're doing is their their next series and well, I guess the films coming up eventually whenever they decide to go ahead and make them, they're going to go ahead and, you know, get into a future of Star Wars. But right now everything is based off the past and that's something that eventually they got to let go. I think Rogue One was the one exception because nobody really had had any like preconceived notions of that story it was one line in a scroll that i don't think anyone really thought about but like when you talk about like the movie solo with the kessel run and all these things and how he met chewy or how he got his name uh, this yeah. i don't you know or like in the prequels we're like oh uh all the stormtroopers are boba fett or jenga fed and uh mm-hmm. oh anakin made c-3po you know everything has to tie together nothing yeah. has to tie together unless you make the mistake of trying to go backwards and tie it all together, right? I and mean, so it's this, Andor and Rogue One seem to break from that one model because there is no preconceived notions and they're not trying to tie anything together except the one event, which is specific and vague enough at the same time to not make you worry like, oh, why did they do that? Oh, really? His name's so And you really don't even know, you need to know a lot of Star Wars to watch it. Well, that's because it's they've built that's what I've always had. Like they've built this great galaxy that they could do lots of these political stories in. Man uh the Mandalorian was amazing, season two was great, but then they had to bring Skywalker in. Yeah. Oh, I know. That really ticks me off. It's and, like, please uh, just give us one thing without tying into the Skywalker storyline. It's like it makes the universe so small, or the galaxy, I should say, so small when it's just always Luke and Anakin and uh, and then when they have to tie in Ray to being Palpatine, I'm just like, oh, really? Can't you just be somebody's daughter rather than has to tie into Palpatine now? <laughs> I've given up on the Star Wars universe. I just, uh, it's, I don't know where exactly. I think the the seventh and eighth movie, and by the ninth, I just was done. I haven't watched Mandalorian or anything. I just couldn't do it anymore. I can't say it Mandalorian's great. Andor yes. is, is supposedly really great. And from what I've seen, it's really enjoyable and it does have a different feel. You don't feel like you're reaching. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and we did that whole Star Wars themed episode a while back. And uh, I, and I think I might've mentioned it then, but I, I feel like um, as opposed to the MCU, which look, the movies and uh, some of the TV since Endgame have been crap, no question, mm-hmm. but I haven't totally tuned out but i have with star wars because i think the star wars connection was to like was such a a benchmark in the in our in my youth i feel like it's gone so far afield of where it was in my youth and it's just a different thing now that i just lost interest along the line somewhere I can't say I blame you. I mean, you're like no. a lot of people out there. And and these latest three movies, uh, not Rogue One not counting, uh, notwithstanding the, the movies as far as The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and of course, the Skywalker movie, all three of those movies just really helped to tarnish and just send away a lot of people our age and even younger about away from the Star Wars franchise. Sure. And Mandalorian has gained some of that interest back, but this is different from Mandalorian. And I think this is goes off a different beat. This is more 
something that people who are not invested in the Star Wars universe can actually get themselves into because it doesn't, uh, yeah, it's in the sci-fi setting, it's in a Star Wars setting, but because it doesn't really tie too much into the regular Star Wars that you know, or actually have come to not be appreciative of, I think that's one reason why I think it, it really might work with some people that it normally wouldn't. All right, that was Andor and a lovely Star Wars conversation as well. Up next is Sal D'Amelio doing what Sal D'Amelio does best, rom-coms. This is from episode 55. The year was 2021. We were about to embark on a 2022, and Sal brought us the holiday calendar. Take it away, Sal. <laughs> the holiday calendar. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm almost so sad for so joyous, <laughs> so festive. We always talk about this on the show. You know, since I've started my little Christmas movie watching here at the early December, this is the uh, fourth week. Uh, Netflix is starting to figure me out. <laughs> so uh, this is what they recommended. So I came up. Uh, you know, I turned on Netflix the other day, and Jeff said, "What are you watching?" I turned on Netflix. I said, okay, whatever whatever Netflix tells me today, holiday calendar came up. So I think it's a perfect ending since the calendar will be turning here mm-hmm. to 2022. I'd like to wish uh, all the Crossing the Streams and uh, Fireside people out there a Happy New Year. Go Blue. They're going to take us into the new year with a win. And Ron Lippett's going to catch one of the field goals. Uh, that would be game. nice. Except uh, on the upper deck, but possible. <laughs> Wouldn't you also like to see sales recommended purchases from Amazon to match up with this. Like, don't you need uh, Kleenex and eye drops? No, it's it's bourbon. (laughs) uh, Edibles. Okay. Anyway, let's not go into that. So anyway, this is called holiday calendar. It's another Christmas movie. This one out of all the ones that I've uh, reviewed here, this one is the closest to all Mark movie. Those other ones were a little bit better produced, a little better acting. This one is really, really close to a Hallmark. This was actually came out in 2018, Netflix produced. Uh, starts Kat Graham, and she is a... I, I love all these movies. I really want to write one of these movies now, now that I've seen them. <laughs> I really think I can write them because you just need to do a lot of scenes in coffee shops because there's a lot of scenes in coffee shops with the Christmas stuff. It's, that's easy to do with cups hanging up all over the place. And then they have a lot of scenes in like little downtown areas, like a little Northville or a little uh, Northville is a town that we all know. But, you know, that kind of the everyday Main Street town. And you can film a romantic movie. Anyway, all right. So uh, there's a lot of that in this movie. And she is a uh, kind of a not so famous photographer. She's a struggling photographer. Beautiful. The whole cast in this thing is beautiful. Everybody could be like models and, you know, all that. We know all about that. It's a very, very diverse cast. Very good cast. Very funny. But anyway, she's a struggling photographer. And her grandfather, she's obviously not lucky in love, just like the other ones. She gets a advent calendar from her grandfather. For those of you who don't know, that's like a calendar that leads up to the events of Christmas, as I'm telling that to a bunch of Jewish guys here on the show. But anyway, <laughs> it goes, it's, it, it's the events of the, of the calendar that leads up to, the, to Christmas. If you saw the poster there, it kind of almost looks like a little dollhouse and it's got little windows and stuff. 
And her grandfather gives her this every time she takes like a piece out of the advent calendar, whether like she pulled out these boots and one of the God course is a guy that always comes back into town. Every one of these movies comes. He used <laughs> to live in the town. He came back and she meets up. Uh, his name is Josh. And that's played by Quincy Brown, uh, a very fine actor. He did a nice job. He comes back into town, surprises her by going to the mall. She works like a mall. She's a photographer, surprises her. Oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. What are you doing back in town? You know, that kind of thing. Gives him a big hug. And now he becomes like her friend again, just like the other ones. And she's trying to find love. Now, the first present that she sees in this, or the first little trinket that comes out of this advent calendar is a boot. And this guy that comes back into town sees her like a couple days later, gives her a pair of boots. So as you can see, everything that goes around this advent calendar comes back into her life. She pulls like this little Christmas tree out of the advent little dollhouse calendar thing that you see on the poster there and all of a sudden she's on that main street that i was talking about and this guy turns the corner it's the most fake scene i've ever seen but you know they gotta do that but the tree falls off the car and lands right in front of her car and you know she almost hits it but it was 15 mile an hour accident i mean 10 mile an hour accident she gets out of the car anyway the little tree that came out of the advent calendar all of a sudden a tree almost hits her in the car but she meets this guy and his name is Ty. She starts to, uh, just some weird stuff starts happening. Just like the last movie I reviewed, she goes to the hospital. She hurts her wrist. She has to go to the doctors to get it checked out. He's the doctor, the guy that almost hit her in the tree. Unbelievable. Nine million people, million doctors. That's her doctor. And anyway, they start dating. Josh is kind of a little jealous because he's the guy that just got back into town. He doesn't really want to tell Abby his feelings. So he kind of just bites his lip and tries to be nice about her dating this Josh and or this Ty. And that's how the movie goes on. She sees for 24 days, there's 24 different items. I mean, they don't show a story behind every item she plucks out of this advent calendar. But it, there's strange coincidences every time she uh, pulls like she pulled like a little nutcracker thing. She goes to a, to see a play and the girl she is going to see is wearing a nutcracker outfit. You know, that kind of stuff. So the whole movie is uh, is that, and it's it's kind of drags on a little bit. I don't know if uh, Roz seems to be a Rotten Tomatoes guy. I don't know if you can look this one up, but I think it got a, a horrible rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So it, it it does lack a lot of what the other movies I watched. It, it's just it just kind of dragged on. Like I said, very wonderful cast. If you want a diverse cast, it's very funny. Thirty three percent. Audience was slightly higher at thirty nine. Okay, so there it is. That's I mean, like it just, negative it tomato sauce. It. Yeah, it, did, it didn't move very well. I think I went and uh, I think I went and put in my fantasy lineup in the middle of this. <laughs> I like went in my bedroom and just started putting my fantasy lineup in. Then I came back out. And I didn't. I might have lost a couple of. The only thing I missed was maybe a couple of things she pulled out of the advent calendar. And then at the end, as you. Well, no, she gets in a fight with her friend, the friend, the guy that comes back into town. She breaks up with the other guy, and then at the end is a big hoop to do, and they kind of realize that they're uh, made for each other and better than just friends. And, and it's a mall. There's a mall scene again. Every one of these movies has a mall scene. They have a mall scene with a Santa. And like I said, I, I really am going to write one of these next year. I'm going <laughs> to say this one is a three tomato sauce jars. Oh, my gosh. Do not move as well as the other ones that I reviewed. This was the worst one that I reviewed out of the four. And like Jeff said, if you want to go back into episodes 52, 53, 54, 
like 51, 52, 53, 54. Don't see the fourth one. You're giving this steaming <laughs> pile of Christmas dung three tomato sauce. Hang on, hang well, on. Sorry, doesn't Sal, Sal. As a holiday movie, though, if you're into those kind of movies, was it enjoyable? Because here, let me, before you answer, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. These are the rotten comments, okay? Okay. Warm holiday romance is cute but predictable. I mean, yes. No, I, Jeff, that's you, a negative you, you, review. I mean, no, does, no. you know what I mean? It's more restrained than its predecessor. Apparently, it's the sequel, which ultimately means it loses <laughs> some of the. Sal didn't know the premise right. that came from the first one. <laughs> and here's here's another negative one. This movie is like a sugar cookie. I happen to love sugar cookies. I do too. You know exactly what you're getting, and it has all the right ingredients, but would have been even better with a little frosting on top is all. These aren't like the most negative things. No, you know what, Jeff? Now these you just you just brought back something. It, the movie has literally no even close to a swear word, no, nothing, no sexual innuendo. There's, it literally is a, it could be a kid's romantic movie. Seriously, it is <laughs> clean as a whistle. It's, uh, so that part of it is good because it probably can be seen by a lot of, you know, 12, 13 year old girls want to watch it. That's fine. It's a very, very clean one. So, Jeff, you're right. If you're guys with kids like you guys, and you want to sit down and 12, 13 year old little girl wants to see a romantic movie that won't have anything that, you know, she doesn't want to hear or see. That's you're right. This is a movie like so that. This is perfect for 12 year old girls. Correct. Or Sal. All right. The holiday calendar. Sal bringing it. I guess whether you check that one out depends on your tolerance for holiday movie goodness. We got that for your list. Got Andor, you got Primal, so much. I don't want to keep you heading on over the couch. Grab your cozy spot, grab the remote, cross your own streams, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.